0: All right, welcome to the old Doctor Who show. This is episode number three, An Unearthly Child. Go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. You couldn't control my mind before and you certainly can't control it now. Would you like a joke, Eddie? The TARDIS, when working properly, is capable of many amazing things. The
1: first polarity of the neutron flows that the TARDIS would be free of the four
0: pillars. Well, but the TARDIS is more than a machine.
1: Its it energy, it its life force, its resulting reaction, is you
0: Ready? All right. Hello, hello, friends. My name is uh, Eric Grissom. I'm uh, one of the hosts here on the old Doctor Who show.
1: Dan, hey, hey. I'm Dan Johnson. I'm the other host of the show.
0: How you feeling, Dan?
1: Feeling great. Feeling really good. good. Uh, ah. The wine is kicking in, so uh, by the end of the show, I should be feeling pretty great.
0: Yeah, we're both in our basements. Yep. Um,
1: normally, normally we shoot, or we shoot, we yep.
0: record during the day, but this is sort of the, uh, the old Doctor Who show, after hours, yeah, night edition. I'm in my basement in a coat with a space heater. And a margarita.
1: Yep, uh, and, I'm uh, in my basement, no <laughs> pants, and uh, half a bottle of wine's left, so... Um, uh, yeah. Let's no see where the pants. evening takes us.
0: So, we're gonna cover Unearthly Child today, but, uh, I gotta tell you, Dan, that, uh, I was on an airplane. <laughs> How about that food? I that have food, I, right? I feel Sorry. like I have to tell this story. Please do. Because somebody tried to fight me on an airplane.
1: <laughs> Wait... Like,
0: let me set the stage. Please do. Right? So I don't like. I'm sort of the type of person where if something is going to happen, it's probably going to happen to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting in my seat, and the guy. And also, and this whole thing was basically like middle school at 30,000 feet. <laughs> like, I'm listening to like a Doctor Who audiobook at the time. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, so it's like the perfect thing. And this giant, like, uh, meat meathead sits in front of me and and people are always pushing their seat back which i can't stand right So it slams into my knees which which is is awful there's a guy next to me that is i don't know if he's nodding out because he's on heroin or if he's just super <laughs> tired but he just keeps like falling into me so this guy's falling into me the whole time and this guy in front of me's you know hitting my knees and i'm just sitting there trying to be me uh, you know, for for those at ho- that, at home I'm 6'3", so I have a lot of legs to work with.
1: (laughs) You have several legs, yeah.
0: I have a lot of legs. Uh, There's a lot of... I need my leg room. Yep. So he slams into me, and I think that's it, right? I think that's it. Like, it stinks. This guy's in me. The other guy's nodding out. He's going to, you know, Alphabet City or wherever this guy's coming from. (laughs) And I'm listening to my Doctor Who, uh, and John Pertwee is reading a story. And all of a sudden, the guy jams his seat back again really hard. Like, really hard into my knees again. So then I'm thinking, like, this is the moment, right? I gotta stand. What would you do? You gotta stand up to the guy, right? Oh, hell yeah. So I'm gonna say something. Yeah, I'm gonna say something. (laughs) And I'm trying to get up enough, you know, nerve to say something, like, you know, whatever. And he turns around. And so the guy turns around, and like, in my head, I'm thinking, like, oh, he's apologizing, (laughs) Mm -hmm. right? Like, he's turning around to apologize. Because he jammed his seat into my leg.
1: Because right? you know he's a human being that understands being how other. Right. Yeah, because sure. I
0: figure we're two human beings. Absolutely, you know, we're both living together. Uh, it's not all about him. You're um, both anyway, probably huge Doctor he,
1: Who fans. Yeah, you know? and he
0: turns around. He's like, "Get your effing knees out of my back." So Wait. I was like shocked at first. I'm like, "Like, what are you talking about?" He's like. You got to move your knees, right? And then he starts, and I freaked out at that point because I was not backing down. And it was that moment too when you decide that you're not backing down, and your brain starts doing the math: like where does this go? Like we're in the air. Like it's is it going to escalate to something? And, and I'm also flying alone. Like I'm not with anyone. Yeah. So it's just me. But I'm not gonna. I'm like I'm not gonna put up with that. I gotta put it. By, but I was just so amazed that this is a human that is yelling at me because he put his seat back and he's mad at me because my knees, my legs were there. So I start explaining that, you know, I'm six foot three. Like, I'm trying to use science. Excuse I have a, nowhere a, else to put my legs. I, he's like, he, goes, you're not the, he goes, you're not that tall. So then it's like this whole weird thing. And I think, like, at that moment, we both sort of knew that he was an asshole. I mean, I think that's... Maybe that happened because he eventually turned around and at the end, like... And the rest of the fight, I'm freaking out. Like, I'm trying to just... Like, I have, like, an hour and a half. Like, am I going to... this guy going to fight me at this point? <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Like, is it, is it going to end and then it's going to be a fight and, like, am I going to look down? Do I have to look down the whole time so if he gets up, we don't make eye contact? But, you know, in my head, I'm like, you know, you're not looking away. You're not looking nice. away. Right. So I didn't look away. I was like, going to look up if we if something happened, it was gonna happen.
1: (laughs) Shit's gonna go down.
0: He didn't turn around at all and he got up and like, ran out of the plane as soon as he could. Uh, At one point he was like, I didn't put the seats here and I wanted to be be like, you literally did that. you you pushed your seat into me. Yeah. And now you're mad. But it was just perfect, and I wanted to bring it up here because I was, I was listening to this, like, uh, Doctor Who audiobook at the time that it happened. Oh, my was like, God. Oh, this is absolutely perfect. And oh, like, my God. Here did- it is. You can't escape. I'm 40 years
1: old. Nope. You cannot escape. It's middle school. It's middle it school. Is, yeah, the jock gets on the plane. Where did these lockers come from? Oh, my God.
0: I just And they need to just do away with those seats that go back on planes altogether.
1: I think they're just going to get rid Pick of seats entirely. Pick an angle entirely. that
0: everyone's comfortable with. Yep. And just lock them in.
1: Everyone just has to get on a slanty board and you just kind of stand the whole way. There's yeah. seats are.
0: Oh.
1: The, so anyway, the worst.
0: An unearthly child. Should we? Uh, should we get into it? Sorry for the. Um, no, no, no. Degression. Let's let's,
1: uh, let's jump on into it. All right,
0: let's get into it. <sighs> Sir, tell everybody about the ship, now. Ship. Yes, yes, ship. This doesn't roll along on wheels, you know. You
1: mean it
0: moves?
1: The TARDIS can go anywhere.
0: TARDIS. I don't understand you, Susan. Well, I made up the name TARDIS from the initials Time and relative dimension in space. I thought you'd both understand when you saw the different dimensions inside from those outside. Let me get this straight. A thing that looks like a police box standing in a junkyard, it can move anywhere in time and space? Yes. Quite so. But that's ridiculous.
1: Why won't they believe us? Well, how can we?
0: Now, now, don't get exasperated, Susan. Remember the Red Indian. When he saw the first steam train, his savage mind thought it an allusion to. You're treating us like children. And am I? The children of my civilization would be insulted. Your civilization? Yes, my civilization. I tolerate this century, but I don't enjoy it. Have you ever thought what it's like to be wanderers in the fourth dimension? Have you? To be exiles? Susan and I are cut off from our own planet without friends or protection. But one day we shall get back. Yes, one day. All right, we're back with the uh, with the review of an unearthly child, and it's no longer night. It's I don't even
1: know what. I think it's like a, to be honest. I don't. Did we do we record this last week, guys? Everyone that's listening to us is used to time travel, <laughs> so this is it actually happening. We have traveled forward a week in time.
0: So it is a Speaking week, time. yeah. I guess last Sunday yeah. night Guys, we were in our week? respective basements.
1: last week? That was amazing. It was amazing. Oh.
0: We did it a great show. Yeah. Uh, it did not Mm-mm. come out, uh, so you'll never hear it. Unless we just do a, one that's only my side, because Dan was all static. I think we should release
1: both sides and just torture everyone. I think, as a,
0: as a B-side yeah. for the amazing episode. So we're just going to review yeah. it again. And this I'm going to try to be as enthusiastic. Yep. I'm going to try to take the energy um, down a couple notches. I think we need to take the energy down. I think it's a little too—it's a little too yeah, exciting. I, think, I mean, I keep getting emails from people like, "Whoa, wait, guys, guys. calm down." Uh, okay, so anyway, let's get to it. Let's get this done. Sure. You yeah. ready? All right. An unearthly child. This is 1963, yep. season one, serial one. Uh, writers Anthony Coburn and directed by Waris Hussein. Hussain. Everyone's
1: favorite Waris. I think life was a lot easier for Waris Hussein in the in '63. All right, so a very, very brief synopsis. Uh, We've got two school teachers, Barbara
0: and Ian. Uh, They have a very unusual student named Susan Foreman. They basically stalk her, follow her to where she lives. They meet her grandfather. Uh, He basically does not like them, but they start snooping around. They're looking for Susan. They discover the TARDIS. Oh, my God, what is this thing? And he basically kidnaps them. The TARDIS is broken and they end up at like 100,000 BC amid some kind of power struggle with cave people. And that's basically the episode. Lots of talk of fire. Yeah. Uh, it's really like two episodes. I mean, the first episode we could probably talk about in greater detail because I think we both sort of like that one more. And the yeah. second part, which is parts two through four, is this, again, this 100,000 BC caveman uh, power thing. So what? Yeah. what did you think?
1: Well, I think you're right. We both – I know I really liked the first episode. I thought uh, the actual initial introduction to these characters was really cool. I mean, we've we've gone back. We've reviewed uh, an episode that had these characters in it already, so we're kind of going out of order. Um, but to be able to see the first uh, uh, instance of Barbara and Ian and uh, Susan the Doctor is just really cool. I liked the, um, the chemistry immediately between Barbara and Ian so they're the the school teachers at the Cole Hill School, which in the current series they've come back to that's where Danny Pink teaches, so they kind of brought the series back around again fifty years later um, But you kind of get a glimpse of life there the uh, The camera goes through the hallways and you see the students at the time, and it's just it it feels like very very real in a way and then the uh the chemistry between uh Barbara and Ian they're just kind of talking about Susan and how odd she is. Barbara's had a rough day because she's dealing with Susan, who I guess in history. She gets really confused because she doesn't, Susan does not quite know where she is in time. So she jumps around. Yeah, so sometimes she'll
0: predict things that haven't happened yet, like the the metric system. And that's particularly the first episode, really (laughs) focuses a lot more on Susan. She's like really the lead, Um, she's the enigma, she's, uh, you know, like small wonder uh she's doing a lot of sweating uh she's a little like yeah, okay. cr- crazy looking she loves uh the m- rock and roll music she's just like kind of a Boy, cool does she love rock and she's roll a music. cool spacey uh, I chick think- I, she likes walking through the dark it's mysterious she says yeah yeah um but yeah that's she sort of and it's it's, it's got a more Yeah, more of like a twilight zone feel you know like this is who mm-hmm. is this kid and she's you know so you, seeing it for the first time i imagine you know, before you even see the doctor doesn't even show up towards the end of the episode right i mean you yeah. really don't yeah. see him until you know the last 10 15 minutes or so
1: 10 minutes yeah most more. of most of the beginning episode is is just uh barbara and Ian trading <laughs> like, stories about how weird like, susan is and barbara and ian and are great too. And to, the
0: thing i, I want to say too about ian is he's definitely like He's like the cool dad. Like, there's that one scene, and I, I wanted to write this down, and I forgot to write it down. But she's like, she's like doing this like slow, and you, in
1: the last episode, you, would, she almost does like this Audrey yeah, Horn, say, Twin Peaks yes. like hand. So she's hand doing this dance. like cool dance or whatever, listening and listen, to a transistor yeah. radio, she's listening
0: to her rock and roll, and then. Uh yeah. Ian comes in, he's like, Yeah, I know who that is. That's uh, you know, that's Johnny B. This is not the band, but like, that's Johnny B. in the fontaines before he was in, you know, uh the the wallabies. But hey, it's kinda loud. You know, like he's like, Hey, I'm cool. I understand your rock and roll music. I had a speed hey, a, a drink. Yeah.
1: You should drink it my You could drink at my house. Know, I, I had a you.
0: speed problem in fifty seven, but right now I'm going for ten year, you know, whatever. So he's kind of like um also, like with her and Barbara, and I guess this happens later. There's definitely like where he's more of the skeptic and she's more of the uh, the true believer. You get like a Mulder Scully thing. She's happening. more intuitive
1: because she even says that she says, I don't know why I believe this, but I do. Yeah, like and wh- so she goes by the guts, and he's he's a uh, he's the science teacher, so he thinks Susan is just this genius student that's could do his job. Because she, her competence in, in, in science is much higher yes. than her getting confused in history.
0: And because she's, she's portrayed um, as being so intelligent, mm-hmm. he kind of gets pissed um, because, you know, he's trying to do these experiments. And she's like, why are we wasting our time with this, you know, this basic stuff? And they can't quite understand. She's definitely lacking in some of the social graces, I think, you know, hence all the close-ups of her sweating. Oh, my
1: gosh. Every time she gets something wrong, they do a, a – a, it's a a little cutaway <laughs> of her saying something wrong. And just the buckets of sweat. Yeah. She's just down her face. sweat <gasps> down.
0: I said something wrong. We're not on the metric system yet. I don't – under – and basically – and also the thing as you mentioned before, like, we had seen the Aztecs first. Mm-hmm. And one of your comments on that was what is her – like, why – What's her point? She of was her character. She hasn't really. She was
1: less than secondary. She yes. was barely in the episode. And in this, she's the focus.
0: And she's like a. She's a genius. She's a super genius. She's able to sort of figure out problems. And none of that is was used at least in the Aztecs. I don't know about some of the the other uh, episodes of yeah. the show. Um, but it was good. I mean, I think the. The whole the first episode, think, like you said, is like yeah.
1: well paced and it's it's interesting. I think and- you nailed the tone by saying it felt like uh, a Twilight Zone episode because it had that dark moodiness. It had that weird mystery because you didn't know what's up with Susan. Then they finally they they uh, stalk her to the the junkyard. Right. I am Foremans. And, uh, and one point too about the stalking, like.
0: They're totally straight up about it. Like they're like, yeah, we could follow her, and, and they're like, it's kind of weird that we're doing it, but let's do yeah, it anyway. It's like, kind of weird. They're let's straight. Do it. Yeah, they're like let's they acknowledge it. that it's sort of not supposed to happen, but we're going to do mm-hmm. it anyway.
1: Yeah. So they follow her there. Um, I thought the junkyard scene where so they, they encounter the doctor. We have to talk about them encountering the doctor because it's the first time we see the doctor. Right. Um, they go into the junkyard. They're looking around. They come across the TARDIS first, and they hear a buzzing from this TARDIS so what's this police box doing here so there were like two things that was cool about that it's the first time we see the TARDIS and and it actually makes sense in its place in its context because mm-hmm. it's a 1963 police box like we've never seen that since it's always right. wrong and they always just kind of explain it away so it's kind of cool for someone who's coming back to the series um, to see that and uh, Ian hears a humming and walks around it, doesn't see any electrical cables, and puts his hand on it and says it's humming. It feels like it's alive, mm-hmm. which is not something they planned at all, but that definitely, for someone coming back to the series, uh, definitely plays out um, as a real thing. Like the TARDIS actually being a, its own character and alive. So that was cool. The Doctor, however, comes in and is, is just a different kind of enigma to them. You mentioned before, like uh, all he's worried about is not, you have the police, right? Yeah, you have the police. Yeah, he's oh, just he's just doing Jesus. these
0: calculations. And he says, "Like, okay, clearly, I could kill both of these people, <laughs> and everything
1: would be fine." How many years would I get for? Oh, wait, they're just they're just, right. they're just and, all, cool.
0: and and yeah, he's definitely does not like humans, which to me is so far and from where the doctor became. And I know yeah, we we talked about this last that, episode. That so more, this is my own theory, yeah, that Susan who loves. Uh, humanity loves music, lo- like she, she loves this time period. Specifically, loves this time period and just loves being on Earth. Whereas the Doctor, in my experience after watching this episode, hates it, and he even says at one point, "I, I tolerate this century, but I don't enjoy it." So I feel like the two of them sort of merged into what we what we know today as the doctor or what we know even within the classic series itself.
1: Yeah. I mean, I wonder how much of that comes from just getting to know the character for the writers, getting to know the character and the, and uh, Hartnell getting to understand the range that he can push his character into. Right. So then that, you know, obviates the need for uh, the secondary character of Susan. Yeah. Um, But I definitely got the,
0: the impression he just doesn't like humans. And it also begs the other question is how long have they been here? I, do they say yeah. a line about it being months since they it's traveled? Months.
1: Well, no. They said it's, it's months that she's been going to the school. Right. They may have been there longer, and she finally talked him into letting her go to the school. So we don't actually know. Right. And I don't – is it clear at all why they're stuck there? Or or is it even clear that they are stuck? Yeah. It, it, it's not clear. I don't think they're stuck. Um, yeah. Although,
0: like, it's interesting. Now that we're talking about it, I think I just figured it out. Ian them. hits the machine, and they're like, "Don't hit the machine," and it explodes. Right? Well, she says, "Don't." hit Is Matt that what breaks the TARDIS?
1: No, there, there was a switch that he hit that was a live switch. Like there was yes. current going through it, and that and he. But that's not the thing but, that kicks them off. That but, doesn't start the TARDIS running.
0: No, no, no. And then the Doctor, right. and then he goes, "There's something wrong with the control. Uh, the at zero. Oh, maybe." But it's like after Ian's mishap nothing works cuz the chameleon circuit's also broken. Right, right. So right. Maybe, maybe that was. was the you know, that's neither here nor there, but that's sort of kind of an interesting well, thing.
1: No, that is interesting cuz they don't they don't yeah. explain it at all. So yeah, they so the Ian, Ian and Barbara are in the in the junkyard. They meet the doctor. They're following Susan. The doctor completely pretends he doesn't know. Susan who? Yeah, I don't, well, I don't know what about? you're you, talking about. I don't have a bunch of girls in this box. Right. And then they hear um, her, right, inside the...
0: There's no young children here. And it's also super creepy, too, because he's an you're old... You're still not the police, right? <laughs> you're really, you have to tell me if you're the police. You yes, have to tell it's me basically that's basically the entrapment. beginning of Nightmare on Elm Street. He's like some creepy guy in like an industrial-type zone with children that he's, he's now kidnapped. And put inside its little blue box. Yep. Yep. Uh, yep. It's
1: a it's a really dark turn the show takes.
0: It on. is weird, and we never. I mean, I guess maybe we do, but I, I'm just curious about you know. Who, it's his granddaughter, but where? Who's his daughter or son? Like, wh- what is
1: the? Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, the whole thing is kind of set up as a mystery. Not only just the characters themselves, but the relationship, where are they from? They don't explicitly at first say that they're aliens or that they travel their time. That's not – it comes out once they're in the TARDIS, and obviously uh, they don't – Barbara and Ian don't believe them. But, yeah, the whole the whole relationship itself is just set up as and very And that's a mystery uh, that's ambiguous. never been solved. Right. Has I mean, never. There, I've never done. Any yeah. I mean, being, in the newer
0: series, I know there's always like he he will always say something along the lines of like I was married or I had children. He said yeah. he said that before, but obviously he has to for Susan if she really is his granddaughter.
1: Well, one thing to note for people like us that are coming to the original series after being so well versed in the current incarnation is that he that whole last of the time Lords thing was an invention of uh, the ninth Doctor and forward. Well, I guess yeah. technically the, the Time War right before the time, uh, this Doctor. So this the classic series goes back and forth, introduces Gallifrey, goes back and forth, introduces other Gallifreyan characters. So there's not this whole, like, lonely, isolated alien. It's more of just this adventurer and his granddaughter just traveling right. through time because they want to. And I guess that stuff just kind of gets yes. invented A- slash revealed. Yeah. And, and in 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 this case,
0: starting with this episode... Um, like we were saying, something goes wrong. So the gyrometer is broken, and they cannot control. You know, the, everybody's basically like, "Hey, we want to leave. Can we leave?" Susan's like, "Yeah, I want to go." And he's like, "No, yeah, sure." And he just starts starting the machine, which is broken. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you learn, like, the nothing's quite right. They don't. He can't. He can no longer control where it goes. They land. Um, as I said, you know, we don't know where they are, but they're a hundred. Thousand years uh, B.C., I think, is what this uh, episode's also known as. Ian still isn't buying it, even though he's in a room that's larger on the inside than it is on the outside. Wait, a room that is
1: also... Can we talk about the decor of the... Uh, sure. The control room? I mean, this is... It's super weird. Like, we are <laughs> I'm used to, like, this control room being this kind of whimsical but definitely purpose-driven room in the current incarnations of the TARDIS. Like, the ninth Doctor's TARDIS is all about the, the control panel in the middle and just you know the rest is just leading off to the rest of the tires. this is like a divan in it it has got these like a uh, really intricate clock it's just it's almost like a formal sitting room yeah but with big bubble wallpaper it's it's super strange i don't know it just it, it wasn't at all what i was expecting we saw it in we saw it in the aztecs but not so much i mean we kind of glanced around at it we saw it a bit obviously in mind robber as well um but this is the first time you're seeing it. It's just, it just, it's a, it's a formal dining room. It's just very eclectic <laughs> sort of taste and stuff. Anyway, just for someone from the modern era looking back at it, it just looks super bizarre. I love, um, it. And,
0: and do you remember having done the
1: Mind Robber? Is um,
0: yeah. the entire, and the, the interior different?
1: No, I think it's very, very because similar because it struck me then too. But you don't, we don't spend as much time there. We spend a little bit of time there in the doorway when they're trying to decide do they leave or not. This, you, Right. We spend a bit more time in there, and, and, and I don't know. we have to go back and take yeah, a look. It, I mean, does, it struck me as odd then, too. I just didn't comment it on it.
0: Yeah. Time. I was just trying to play uh, a clip um, that wasn't working. Um, so whatever. Uh, anything else with
1: this? I mean, uh,
0: oh, one well, other thing. The TARDIS is named by Susan, which
1: is also— She said she came up with the acronym TARDIS. Really clever acronym. Mm-hmm. From, but I, so that begs the question, like, what is it actually called? This machine that travels people through the f- fourth dimension, time machine. Although, I, I know. Is that what? They, is that, how do you say it in Gallifrey? Yeah. So, do they all refer to it as Tardy in a on Gallifrey, or is it just is it just them? I don't know. So, Susan came up with Tardis. Whatever, right. take that for what it's worth. Oh, and um, Susan
0: also says something cool where she's doing like her crazy uh, head sweating math, yep. um, where she's talking about, I guess, the fourth dimension being oh, time gosh. and the fifth dimension being
1: space. I, I just want—I wanted to strangle the writers. I wanted to strangle her, and then the writers. So that's the first three dimensions are space. Oh. <laughs> oh, you just the fourth one's the weird one. You don't need to talk about five. Anyway, uh, uh, so yeah, okay. I don't know. Maybe it's different on Gallifrey. <laughs> so the Doctor kidnaps them, sets the TARDIS off in flight to go to a thousand, a uh, hundred thousand BC. That whole sequence of the TARDIS going into flight was a psychedelic acid trip. Yeah. That lasted a solid thirty seconds, I would say, of just close-ups of people's eyes rolling and <laughs> yeah. falling through space. It was, yeah, very extended. I guess, uh, I guess it made sense because this is the first time you're ever going to see right. something like that. I hope they don't continue that for a long time, where it's just thirty <laughs> seconds of people <laughs> falling around. Um, anyway, so they, they land uh, in a desolate uh, exterior, yeah. and then shot. this is,
0: yeah, th- this is. And then we start They tune, tune out. I mean. I, <sighs> I've, I saw it actually uh, three times, maybe two to two. Definitely watch it two times. The first time I got to say
1: mm-hmm. my eyes were just glazing up. But by, by like, I watched it twice as well and, and could not pay attention to. the Yeah, it
0: was it yeah. was hard. I mean, I generally don't like prehistoric storylines just where people are, you know, me get fire. And, and literally this thing is three hours of people saying I make fire. You make, you know, the word fire. Uh, fire will kill them. Or what is it? What it's, what's, what's her line? There's, uh, can't there's can't the, old, the old mother engine. that's. Uh, yeah. Fire, fire will, will kill us. us all in
1: the end. That lady. Yeah. So she basically, says that several times. Yes.
0: So so we land here. There is, uh, to my knowledge, there's a tribe. The leader of the tribe is dead. He mm-hmm. was the only one that knew how to make fire. He did not. It's like uh, cats in the cradle time. He didn't have mm-hmm. the time. He's too busy to making a fire. He, he was out of the fire, fire yeah, factory. His son's all day sitting long. out there, Dad. When are we going to make fire? Yeah, I got Don't make worry, fire son. Myself,
1: yeah. One day we'll do it.
0: So he dies. He doesn't tell his son. His son is just this poor disaster who's trying desperately to make fire. Yep. There's some new kid that comes into town. Kyle. So I should say tribe. their name. So Za is the son. We don't really I
1: don't care about the name. I actually Honestly, looked this I up, so, this so I gotta anyway. I
0: gotta say it because I, I looked this right. up because I couldn't. Uh, Za is basically the son. And Cal is the cool kid that comes from the other tribe, and everyone sort of wants him to be the leader. He's the right. one that gets all the meat, and he sort of claims, I think, too, that he his old tribe knew how to make fire. and Maybe he can make fire. So this is the, right. the struggle between Zah and Cal. Zah's girlfriend the, is her. So yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> she does. <laughs> that's that's to her name.
1: Her. She. Uh, yeah, she's actually pretty important in this in this utterly unimportant storyline uh, of kind of goading. Uh, Zal into into this whole thing. Um she's a very much a Lady Macbeth kind of character, except Lady Macbeth actually had a name. Right. So well, she
0: has she is her. Just, oh <laughs> she's the first her. Yeah. And basically too, like for in her defense mm-hmm. um her father will only wed her to whoever's the leader of the tribe. So she likes right. Zal... The dad is sort of like, well, maybe you're gonna marry Cal if Cal's gonna be the leader. So she is really pushing Zahn, constantly warning him, like, if you don't do this, you're out. So let's let's get this going on. There's right. also um the old woman who I don't know what her name is. She's
1: one of the elders who's I've seen her referred to as old mother, but yeah, yeah. they never actually mentioned her.
0: She's paranoid about uh fire and fire killing us all and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And the, uh, Cal, I think it's Cal, kidnaps the doctor. That's how this starts, Yeah, they, right? they
1: see, the, so the doctor, the... The Doctor and the three companions leave the TARDIS. They're looking around to figure out where they are. Ian's kind of slowly realizing, oh my right. gosh, we really are back in time. We really true. aren't
0: in this, like, uh, yeah, this really isn't England. Where's the wall it around does, here? He's like God. ripping rocks, but look what's back here. It takes Ian like <laughs> 70, 74 minutes to find, all right, go, okay. Uh, uh, this all right. True. Time
1: and space. All right, man. I see. So uh, the Doctor goes off to to kind of figure out exactly where he is, because the year, yearometer is broken, so he says, if I can get a couple samples, I can figure it out. So he's off on his own. The three of them are remaining. This is when Susan mentions, why is that so strange? Just yes. It still looks like a police box. It's been dozens of other things, so this is where we, we realize that the TARDIS is kind of is supposed to blend into the scenery. In this case, it didn't. They don't they don't name it the Chameleon Circuit yet, but that's that's what it becomes. Um, so when the Doctor's off on his own, he decides to light his pipe, and that's when
0: right. And Carl, then, then Cal, Carl, Cal, Cal or Cal, or whatever his name is, Carl, Carlos. Uh, when, when uh, Carl... <laughs> sees him, he's like, What are you doing over there? So he takes them he takes, takes him. him prisoner, of the old, you know, over the head and grabs uh-huh. him by the hair and pulls him uh-huh. <laughs> as cavemen as cavemen cave are like to do. Uh and then they find his bag, right? Or they find something of him and they freak out. Yeah, Susan freaks there, out yeah, the and other, runs out. the other him. three
1: find them. Susan right. freaks out, where's the dog? I gotta find my grandfather. I gotta find yeah. my I'm freaking out. And uh Ian's like, all right, just go. Just, right. just, and, and Cal just go. This is
0: like Cal's. This is Cal's ticket to the top of this awful place to live. Like he's, you know, I got he's, this he knows crazy knows looking creature. Made. He's can got, make got fire old, out of his fingers. Yeah, he's got this old guy. So he drags him
1: in. I got this. I old I guess the doctor. doctor dropped. The doctor must have dropped his matches then. Whenever the, he'd clubbed him over the head. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> the whole thing, this whole thing would have resolved just like that Ugh, if he just had his matches. This whole episode could have this whole been, episode would have been minutes. twelve minutes long.
0: <laughs> it <laughs> it really should done, been. If it wasn't just people talking out. about fire. Um, I don't know. I mean, I will so say. Just, I will this say. Thing
1: back. You no. Know what yeah. else bothered me with is this, this three episodes. How many times do they get uh, kidnapped and then put back in this cave of skulls and then released and then put back yeah, in the cave of skulls and back. then released and then put back? It's just the same sets over and over. That happens. That, that happens quite it a was, bit. It could have happened. Like, this whole thing, this three episodes, could have been one episode and been fine because you can just kind of get through it because it's going to have you know, beginning and end. Get through the whole thing and then you kind of lead on to the next story. I mean, that kind of happens in current series episodes where it's right. like, all right, this is not the best episode, but there's going to be a through line that's going to take us on right. to the next story. This just couple well. of
0: highlights, though, from the doctor's perspective. He does mm-hmm. see a man dying and doesn't want to help. He does lead the stoning against another man, where he he grabs a stone. He's the first person to throw. He's saving. To be fair,
1: <laughs> the other guy wanted to kill him, right? And he used his wits to he did get the guy he did. to go the guy into revealing yeah. himself as a killer.
0: This is true, but then he threw this like he went, like, like normally he would say like you know uh, we don't need to fight. He's like give me the stone and kill him first, <laughs> you know so. He's not your, you know, he's not quite the kind of doctor that's going to help people no, per se. No, he's not. Um, no.
1: At all. The gallantry isn't there yet. Nope.
0: Yeah, and that creates a lot of drama and tension with Ian and the doctor more than anyone. They're, they're constantly sure. fighting uh, throughout this episode. Um, there was something else. Oh, this is a bad knife. It does not show what it has done. I
1: like that. one. Yeah. Like, this is the part where yeah. the doctor's trying to get the uh, the killer to reveal himself. Yes, he's looking at his rock,
0: and there's no blood on it. And then the guy's like, so "I got a good knife." I got, got a, a good knife, and there's the blood.
1: Yeah. Um, but, eh, but but
0: in general, this is like a, this is a very violent episode. Like I think yeah. you get two rock murder deaths. Right, the old woman you know, that one we talking about,
1: and uh,
0: Za eventually spoiler kills Cal, uh, bludging him to death.
1: At one point. That's right. That was actually interesting, I think, because – so this this fight takes place in, the, in this cave of skulls that they go to, and it's one of the only seemingly pre-filmed scenes. Everything else seems very much like we've seen in other uh, Classic Who episodes where it feels almost though it's a theater piece. It's just being recorded in real time, one take straight through. Obviously it's not, but that's what it feels like in this part. There was a lot of editing and cutting in between, and the quality of the film looked a little bit different. So there was it was more kinetic, and there was actual a fight going on. And it actually looked pretty good for, like, the first real big fight scene you're going to see in Who. Uh, it takes too long, and I don't care about the characters, so that kind of took it down a little bit. But otherwise, the fight scene was really good. Yeah,
0: I mean, again, like, Za wants to kill them from the beginning. Then he, he gets—they save his life. Yeah. And then he ends up, like you said before, turning on them and putting them back in that cave—
1: because he wants to use them so they can yes, make the fire for him. it's all, him all about what, who yeah. can
0: make the fire, and rather than learn, because he didn't have that dad time that he needed. I mean, yeah. let's be honest, he needed that dad time. Guys, just throw uh, a ball around in the backyard. He's playing alone make in make that cave, cave of skulls. Mm-hmm. Uh, some cool names, though, with this one. There was uh, Unearthed, this, again, we talked about this, and I don't even remember ever episode of when they switched from individually naming the chapters to mm-hmm. just calling them episode one through four. So we had an unearthly child, the cave of skulls, naturally, mm-hmm. Forest of Fear. Yep.
1: And the Fire Maker, because you can't Der fire not, you,
0: Yeah, you can't not say uh fire uh yeah. in this episode.
1: So long story short, they all get back to the TARDIS. Yeah. And run away. Yeah and in a horrible chase scene. Oh my <laughs> goodness, the chasing so bad. So <laughs> it does not matter, audience does not matter. Just come with me. They're running. And all you see is a black set backdrop, tight shots on each of the four main characters' faces mm-hmm. as they're clearly jogging in place. Right. And people off camera are whipping them in the face with <laughs> branches and twigs to simulate them running through. Like, what did it I sign up for? Like Horribly bad. Poor, yeah, Poor Ian was like, oh,
0: my, I could have been on Gilligan's Island. I ended up on this. <laughs>
1: It, yeah that was that was a true yeah that ending
0: the ending in general like especially that chasing it felt like all of a sudden okay we got to end this thing so they just get out i mean they yeah.
1: what do they do they trick them with skulls or something they make the skulls look, i don't like, understand how demons or
0: something like you know they I, spook them. sure
1: that's a good answer i have no idea yeah. they're sitting there in the cave of skulls with fire and skulls and susan comes up with the idea of putting fire from his. Lighting a stick on fire, then putting a skull over top of it, so the flames come out the right. eyeballs, and that's somehow going to scare. The... She is so metal; like she is just. <sighs> she really is. <laughs> she, is just... She's like... oh, Susan. she took a safety pin, gave herself a tattoo yes, of the skull she... and flames. Poor Susan. Yeah. Um, oh, I
0: also wanted to mention the just the subtle racism always that because like, it, it, they do it in the Aztecs, and it, I didn't mention it then, but I wanted to. Yeah, and in this episode, he says. Think of it, Susan, the red Indian and their savage minds. Like they could – not like he's comparing uh, Barbara and Ian to the yeah. red savage Indians. I can't possibly understand. There's lots of that going on. And it gets – it's going to yeah. get worse when we get to uh, the Tomb of the Cybermen.
1: Oh, gosh. We but, have something hey. to look forward to. Oh, okay. I can't wait to do that episode. Um. So overall, I mean, to the, the first – it sounds like these episodes are super long. They just felt that way. The first one kind of flew by. It was 20-something minutes long. Yeah, They're 20, all about that – yeah, they're all about that length, but the last three just felt like three days each. Yeah. Um, if you haven't so, watched
0: it, watch the first one.
1: Yeah, watch the first one, maybe read you know, just listen to this and then maybe watch the end of the last one to catch up so you can jump into the next episode if you want to. Um but so overall I guess our uh review time, I mean, yep. we kinda talked about the whole episode. I, I just wish they'd done more with the first one and do that tone, but that's you know, that whole yeah. character sort of uh, driven bit is really what I like in the show anyway. Um, this – otherwise, the adventure part of the episode kind of was not my thing. Yeah, favorite.
0: I mean, do yourself a favor and watch Cavemen with Ringo Starr <laughs> instead
1: of that movie. Well, I
0: don't. Know. I haven't thought of that movie in forever, and it's also a terrible no movie. No one has. Ringo hasn't. Yep. Um. Yeah, so that's – Dennis Quaid is in that movie and Shelley Long, so there you go. Shelley I don't know. Long. Do you have any other, like uh, – Highlight, did we skip anything? I mean, I'm sure there's I think they hit all of them. Classic Who fans, you're like, yeah, This isn't what kind of podcast is this? They didn't talk about. Oh, loyalty. you know what? They don't have we didn't, we
1: didn't skip it, but we uh, they don't skip. have it yet.
0: There's no sonic
1: screwdriver yet. No, there isn't. That is not in the first episode. That's no. interesting. Was that was not in the Aztecs, <clears> right? I don't recall seeing yeah. it there either, so I'm eagerly looking I, forward to the first time we see it.
0: I feel like that probably comes around with Patrick Troughton.
1: Was, was no, that we, we, in Mine Robber? I don't know, no, because no, okay. I mean, huh, maybe no, it, was not, it, maybe not it not wasn't Anyway, right. people so, write in, let us know when the first time we see this. Let us know. First.
0: I refuse to use uh, the internet. <laughs> so I guess we're both like this episode. Yep. Uh, especially the first part. I mean. Yep. The last. I mean, I would grade. recommend
1: it. I mean, you have to see the first episode. Yeah, it's you... the it's the genesis of the entire yeah. series. You have okay. to see it, and it's and it's done. It's not. It's not just you have to see it out of duty. It is a really good, solid episode. And Find an Adventure
0: in Space and Time, which was that uh, docudrama about the making of the show. And I definitely had a lot more appreciation for this episode having seen it. I agree. That is wonderful.
1: A thousand percent. If you can find it from BBC, BBC America, I believe that's where they ran it. And you can maybe get it on demand or iTunes. But that really kind of brought the whole thing to life for me as well. Because you can kind of think about what was going on as they were trying to make this show and – yeah, I would recommend that.
0: It was good, yeah. So, yay. Watch that instead of
1: the second three. Uh, yes, second, watch
0: yeah. Unearthly Child, then watch Caveman. Is it Caveman or Caveman? And then the last five caveman? minutes of Firemaker. I gotta watch that dumb movie now.
1: <laughs> We're gonna gotta review that on the next episode. Movie. Yeah,
0: that'll be the next thing. Um, yeah, uh, so that's basically it. It's a thumb up and a couple thumbs down. It's a lot of fire. Fire will kill you. Lots. If out. you like fire, you are going to... If you like people getting murdered with stones... You'll love Maybe heavenly creatures, and, <laughs> and you will love the Cave of Skulls. Hey, guess what? We're going back to the Cave of Skulls. All right. Hey, one yeah. more time. All right, so what uh what next, is next for what's us? What's next for us? Well, that's funny you should say that, Dan. Um, that if you funny. go to the old Doctor Who show, and then you click on News, mm-hmm. you will see our schedule. So the next show that we're doing is uh, what we had mentioned before, Tomb of the Cybermen. Cyberman. Which I guess we're hoping for March fourth. I think that's yeah. We'll, we'll have that live. up the first
1: week of March. March. So
0: if you're watching or you're listening to this now and you want to watch it along with us, get that yep. done by uh, March fourth. It's on Amazon Prime. It's also on Hulu Plus and iTunes.
1: Yep, we have that all listed for each of the episodes on uh, the old Doctor Who show. Yeah.
0: So this is the end of us. The end of the end of us. It's the end of us. The end of us. The end of us, and then just. Into a star, and we all. No, but this is the last. Um, doctor of the first, first doctor. doctor for, for now,
1: because we yes. want to kind of get through some of the highlights of the uh, Yeah, I'm the not other going. Episodes. I don't think I'm going
0: back. You're I'm never going, going back. Straight. Yeah, there's there's too straight many other
1: ones. Well, I do kind of want to at some point. Hey, maybe we'll come back and do the next episode in this in chronologically, oh, which the is Daleks? the Daleks. Yes. I mean that's that's kind of a high point. It's not a well. It doesn't show up in the top ten lists of people's right. uh, favorite episodes, but I think it is kind of one of the seminal things, that it, once we get through all the, the highlights, well, maybe we'll come back yeah. to
0: Yeah, and it. as far as like a history perspective, I think that mm-hmm. is also the episode that cemented the show as the juggernaut. Oh, this is the thing, thing that on.
1: really kicked up. The introduction of the, of the Daleks is what really gave yeah. the show its, its legs.
0: Uh, yep. Okay, so we'll see. Okay. All right. Well, oh, wait. I guess we have to... Do we have to do anything else? Do we have any plugs? Are you plugging anything, Dan?
1: Plugging. Uh, I tweet at DanJNJ on the tweeter machines. Um, how about you? Yeah, I am at eGrissom. Um, or you can uh, find
0: me at com. It's my website that, that I maintain for another guy named Eric Grissom. But every once in a while, he <laughs> lets me <laughs> to say slip that. in your own stuff? <laughs> yeah. I get to slip my own stuff in. Uh, please, I... go, please, please go to iTunes and subscribe to the podcast. Cause, um yep that would be great and if you can leave us a review we have uh more and more subscribers every time i sort of obsessively check that yeah uh, so it's good so there are actually so many so to us.
1: many you guys are an army you're a legion right now yes
0: and we don't have a twitter just use our twitters we don't i'm not going to yep. i have too many twitter accounts but if you want to contact us the old doctor who show at gmail.com should go to both of us i think yep okay all right dan all right.
1: until next time Thanks, everyone. Talk to you soon. Bye. Baby's on fire. Better throw
0: her in the water. Look at her laughing like a heifer to the slaughter. Baby's on fire.